Hey, last Sunday, if you were here, um, I just want to share um, how grateful I, I am that Stephanie brought the message, brought the word um, about John the Baptist. We were thinking about disappointment and discipleship. That's just simply true. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there are times where there's incredible joy, but then there's also times of sorrow and disappointment. And it was a very, um, a very true message. Um, I loved everything about it. I was listening to it. Uh, I loved the biblical interpretation of it, her willingness to share and really offer uh, her story to our community. And um, if you missed it, go ahead and uh, go to our website um, and listen to it. Uh, look for it and listen to it. It's just last week. It's, it's a fantastic message. Um, I was away along with Tim and our leadership team. We did something that we've never done at GRX, is the leadership team, your elected uh, leaders, went away for a weekend retreat, and we went for some team building and some training. We spent time in prayer. We spent time in storytelling to get to know one another and build trust among each, uh, with each other, and it was a fantastic time to be together as a leadership team. And so I was grateful for the men and women who went away, who shared stories, the, the investment of time. I was grateful for Stephanie and her preaching here and the, the worship, and grateful for you guys as our community. I'm really looking forward to what God will continue to open up for GRX, for us as a church corporately, and for us individually uh, as we keep jumping in to discipleship and discipleship relationships this year. Uh, today's message, uh, we're going to look at um, the practice, um, what a disciple does. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had this giant floaty here with the goose, and it was what a disciple believes. A disciple believes that God loves us. But today, I'm going to be about equipping, equipping disciples. What does a disciple do? If you think about it, it's a little bit like all of you guys are athletes, it's like all of you guys are on the track team, and I am the coach, and I'm trying to equip you to get onto the track and run, run this race, run this race of discipleship. So I'm coaching you, but it's you guys that have to put on the, put on the shoes, put on the spikes. It's you guys that have to get on the track. It's you guys that'll be running, and this is discipleship. This is what a disciple will do. We're going to look at that today, and our cornerstone verse is out of Matthew 28. And it's what Jesus himself told his imperfect 11 disciples and others uh, right before he went up into heaven. So if you were here in August, you'll be familiar with this verse because we looked at this for a couple of weeks. Matthew 28, 16 to 20, equipping us. What does a disciple do? Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed, had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Isn't that so interesting? The disciples of Jesus, they were with him, is after the resurrection. They worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so if I was going to boil this down to what does a disciple do, a disciple is someone who follows Jesus, and a disciple does this, that a disciple goes and makes other disciples. That's what Jesus said to his disciples before he went up to heaven. All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. So if you also, like me, are a follower of Jesus, this word is to us to be a follower of Jesus and to go and make other disciples. Go and make other disciples. You know, we've already, as a church, started down this road. And, and this, is, this is super cool. So I, I brought um, the index cards. Uh, and and uh, someone also uh, submitted theirs on the uh, comm cards. But these are your cards. And this is what we were doing a couple of weeks ago when I asked you to write your name on a card and then write down the person that you will be discipling this year. These are our lives. These are our discipleship relationships. Um, By the way, if you haven't um, put one in or you've still been praying about who that is, you can um, take the comm card part of the bulletin, write your name, the person you're going to disciple, tear it off, and drop it into the offering bag later in the service. Um, I, I use these to pray for you. Um, no one else has seen these. I keep them, and I pray for you. Because discipleship is not easy. To walk alongside someone else's life is not easy. Um, you know, there's two parts of being a disciple and discipling someone else that are particularly scary. One of the things that's really scary, and it takes courage to disciple someone, is because the moment that we begin to disciple someone and invest in their lives, we immediately become accountable. Because we're like, oh wait, I have to actually invest in this person for their spiritual development. That means, on the one hand, one, I have to begin living in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what discipleship calls us to. When we are investing in someone else, it automatically makes us look at our own lives. Will we ourselves live in a manner worthy of Jesus Christ? That's the first thing that's scary. And then the second thing that's scary is we actually have to walk with this other person, the person that we've written. And we have to pay attention to them and also invest in them and walk alongside them in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. So accountability all of a sudden rises. But it's not something to be scared about. It's something that Jesus gives us so that we will grow. It's getting on the track and running. It's getting on the track and running, and then at the end when you hit the finish line, your time comes up. That's being accountable to how fast you ran. You don't, run away, you don't shy away from knowing the time. You want to know the time so that you can improve. It's the same thing with running alongside someone in discipleship. You want your life to be exposed so that you can actually live in a manner worthy of the gospel. So a couple of things, and to try to equip you guys, um, I've received a few questions in the past few weeks, 
And that's been, that's been wonderful. Questions mean people are thinking about it, people are wondering about it, trying to figure out how to do this discipleship. I'm going to share with you a couple of the questions. One question I got was with respect to discipleship, going and making disciples. The question was, um, I'm thinking of discipling my own kids. Does that count? I love that kind of like the last part. Does that count? Does that count? Does it count? Look at parents. Just think about what you're doing as parents. You're already investing in your kids uh, physically, right? You're, you're feeding them, right? Well, I think you're feeding them. I think most of you are feeding them. Shin ramen counts as feeding your children, okay? You're physically taking care of their development. You're feeding them. Intellectually, you're investing in them and their well-being. Every time you ask them, have you done your homework? Well, you're kind of investing in them, but you're investing in them. Scholastically, you're wanting to make sure that they are doing well and growing intellectually. Emotional well-being, you're modeling for them relationships of love, forgiveness. When you make a mistake, you, you, you come and talk to them. You talk about apologies. You're investing in your kids emotionally. Discipleship is investing in your kids spiritually. It's investing in your kids spiritually. When you bring your children to vacation Bible school, you're investing in them. When you join us for city team to feed homeless men and women, you're investing in your kids. When you brought them to gleanings with us so that we can prepare food that goes out all over the world, you're investing in your kids spiritually. When your families have joined us to the Philippines so that we can work among the urban poor, you're investing in your kids spiritually. So if you are choosing to disciple your kids, then yes, it counts. 100%. 100%. You get an A. You get an A. I'll give you an A and a star and a smiley face and I'll stamp it with a little dinosaur and whatever else. <laughs> Invest in your kids. Now just don't let it be like, oh yeah, whatever, whatever. I'll just put my kids down. No. Be intentional. Choose. If you're going to put them down, choose them. Invest in them spiritually. Okay, second question I got. Can I really disciple someone else? I feel like I don't have training or I don't have a degree in religion. I feel unprepared or inadequate. I don't feel prepared. I don't have an advanced degree. I don't, I don't know if I can do it. I got three questions for you to this sense of inadequacy or maybe I don't have an advanced degree. Um, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? can say yes to that, then do you have a relationship with God? Big or small, I'm not asking like quantity, I'm asking do you have a relationship with God? Let me say yes. And then do you desire to live as a Christian? Do you desire to live as a follower of Jesus Christ day by day? Not, not do you do that perfectly, not are you always like Jesus Christ all the time. It's do you desire to live as a Christian day by day, follower of Jesus? If you say yes to those three things, you're good to go. You don't need an advanced degree. Peter, James, and John didn't have an advanced degree. They were fishermen. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? 
Yes, you do. Do you have, uh, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Yes. And do you desire to live as a Christian? If you do, then you're good to go. Even without a theological degree. When Jesus told his disciples to go and make disciples, they were imperfect, right? There were 11 that were there. And I love the passage because it says they worshiped him, but some doubted. Jesus knew that, but he invited them to make disciples anyway. We work out our faith in the midst of our day-to-day life, in prayer for God's guidance, in light of the scripture, which, God, which is God's word to us, by the power of the Holy Spirit working, at work in us, and in community with each other. If you get to a place in your discipleship where you're like, I don't know what to do. Look, in, look around this room. All of these people, all of these people are in this journey who love Jesus Christ. You can ask someone in here. You can ask me. You can ask your life group leader. You can say, I don't know what to do. Ask, ask, and we can get going. Let me say this one last thing about the question of self-doubt, about feeling of inadequacy. Let me give you this as a word of validation, as a word of validation for you. You have a particular life story. Your life story and what God is doing in your life is unlike anyone else in this room. It is only your story. God is doing something in your life. God is something doing something with you that is different and specific to you, that is different than the person sitting next to you. It's that story that God wants to use to bless someone else. It's your story, your successes and your failures, your hopes, and your disappointments, your gifts, and your shortcomings. And let me tell you, sometimes our shortcomings or our failures speak more to God's love and grace when we share those in the life of somebody else. So your story, God wants to use your story. It's kind of like what Steph asked us last week in her message. Will we be in service to God? Which means, will we allow God to use us and will we allow our story to be in service to God, to disciple and to love and to invest in someone else for the glory of God? All right, so um, that's it, your story. Um, I want to do a roundtable right now because we've got a bunch of folks here who are discipling or beginning to disciple. And one of the ways that we can continue to grow, that we can continue to grow as a community, is to know each other's stories, to know each other's names and know each other's stories. So um, there's a few questions for our roundtable. And uh, let me just ask uh, maybe one or two people to come up and join me here to be able to talk about these three questions. Uh, One, who are you and who are you discipling? Number two, what are you doing? And three, how's it going?
Uh, right? Pretty, pretty basic, pretty straightforward. Uh, so we're going to turn on the main lights, and we're going to bring the microphone up. And, um, oh yeah, and I'll always ask you, if you don't want it to be recorded, then we'll, we'll cut the recording, and it'll just be for us. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, one or two people. And, and, and no, I'm not going to just like randomly draw a card out of here. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. I know, it's like, oh, I'm going to draw a card out. No, no, you guys, you guys can't see the cards. But, um, but it's exciting. I've talked to people individually. It's very cool. It is very cool what I'm hearing. One of the reasons I do this is because I'm talking to f- people here at GRX all the time. I hear the most amazing stories. This is awesome. I, I, got, I got goosebumps even thinking about the stories. Yeah, a little goosebumps. This is so awesome what God is doing in your lives. And then you tell me, and I get all fired up, and I all get all excited. And I'm like, hey, would you share that on Sunday? Uh, no, I don't want to share that on Sunday. And I get it. I get it. No one wants to look super spiritual. I don't want to like, put myself out there. I don't want to look super. I want to be humble. I want to be. Right? It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about what God is doing. And will you offer part of your story to bless, to bless the community? It's not about you. We know you. You're cool and broken and awesome and sinful, just like me. So it's all right. Don't worry about it. So does anybody, after that sort of awkward introduction, does anybody want to come up and just share? What are you doing? Who are you? Who are you discipling? Okay. Oh, come on up. And Vic, come on up. Are you guys okay with running the recording still? Oh, you okay? Vic, you okay? All right. So um, this is Mo. This is Vic. Um, you want to just go ahead and run through? All right. Okay. So who am I? I'm Vic. He's Vic. <laughs> Hi, Vic. <clears throat> been, uh, I've been here at GRX for, I don't know, 15 years now, uh, close to. Um, in terms of who I'm discipling, I'm discipling that little guy right back there, uh, my, my mini-me, uh, Andrew. So, yeah, I'm putting him on the spot. But, uh, and he didn't know I was going to do this. Um, but, yeah, it's been a pleasure. And uh, I know that he has a very different personality than I have, even though we might look very similar in, 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 many, in many people's eyes. Um, in terms of what, I'm in, what am I doing, um, I've got to take stock of myself first and learn who I am, and learn my own um, family of origin so that I can change the parts that need to be changed um, and become the best dad that I can be. And then taking time out with Andrew, we had breakfast this morning one-on-one, and just talking through uh, his likes, his dislikes, his uh, passions, um, and trying to work through some of the things that, that um, only a father and son can. Um, in terms of how, how's it going, well, there are good days and there are bad days. Um, good days, we connect and we have a lot of fun and we bond and get closer. Um, hopefully he's learning. <laughs> um, and there are days where um, it needs a little work and I come home from a long day at work and I'm just tired and frustrated and you know, sometimes that plays out at home. But there are days where, you know, I step back from that, I understand, and choose to take, make the next day better. 
Vic, thank you. Thank you. So I've always um, had a heart for youth ministry, and I think after becoming a mom, I kind of just put that aside because, you know, I have three kids of my own who are ages 10, 8, and 6. Um, but after attending the Sticky Faith class, I was really moved because part of the Sticky Faith class is to identify five people outside of you who will minister to your children. And I said to Amy, are you kidding me? That's 15 people. That's like everybody I know at GRX that's close to me. She's like, no, 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 just relax, Mo, take it. You know how, how she talks, just take it easy. <laughs> Why don't you just start by asking your kids who's in their web? So I went home <laughs> and I asked my kids, and they, I, they identified five people. I was like, oh, good, my homework's done. Awesome. <laughs> there are five people. I was like, wow, I was so moved. And I thought, wait a second. I do love youth ministry. I just need to take a step of faith and do it myself. And um, somehow my life has gotten busier than ever. Those of you who know my story, I was working part-time for 10 years, decided to take on a full-time job. So I'm as tired as ever. Like, I feel like I swim laps every day. But somehow, because I'm following God and doing something that gives me joy and I feel like I'm living out my purpose, I don't know. God gives me energy every single day. And my kids see that I'm happy. My husband sees that I'm happy. So somehow, it doesn't make sense because humanly speaking, this is not possible. So it sounds so cheesy, but I feel like Steph Curry with God, all things are possible. And I got, like, this Bible verse on my heel. But... um. Yeah, so I decided to take a step of faith and just to do it. Um, and so Amy talked to me, and I think Kim Law kind of put it in my heart. And um, again, with Amy's such a great director. You did such a good job hiring her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she just told me to pray, and who's the first person that comes to mind? So it was a high, it's a high school student in our um, community, um, and I've known her forever. And... Um, so, so I was like so nervous when I first met up with her because I'm like, she might say no. And I feel like it's like it's almost like you're dating, but you're not. Right. And then she said yes. And I was like, really? So it, this is really funny because it mimics my first date with Justin, which was if it goes well, we'll get boba, which we did. So she said yes. And I was like, let's go get boba. She's like, yeah. OK. So <laughs> that's who I'm discipling. Um, what are we doing? Um, so I, I'm, I'm really a person that does not like to add stress to my life. Like even in our small group, I feel like it's a stress-free environment. So with her, I even told her, this needs to be authentic. I don't want to do homework. You don't want to do homework. What do you want to do? And right off the bat, she's, and I was thinking we should just read a book because it'll be easy, right? Chapter by chapter. And she goes, I don't like to, I don't want to read a book. I'm like, oh man. I'm like, oh, so what do you want to do? And then she goes, well, let's do um, devotions on, on YouTube. Uh, not YouTube. You version, the Bible app that Molly's been telling me about because she's so hip. So, yeah, so we do. <laughs> I'm like, this is so cool. Oh, you could do a devotional on, on your phone and then comment with each other. So we've been doing that. And then now we're, um, we, we're taking a break on that and praying. And then um, we meet up. We try to meet up once a month, even though it should be weekly. But that's just the way our schedules work. So we meet up once a month. And um, it's basically like what I used to do with my, my teachers when I was working as a mentor. It's like, you know, what's going well? What are your challenges? How can I support you? What are our next steps? And 
it's been really cool. And the cool thing for me, because, you know, I'm a mom of all boys, is that it gives me this opportunity to kind of have, like, you know, the daughter I never had. And I think the relationship with the parents have been cool. That They know that, too. And so I think she'll, she's always been a special person to me anyway, and now it's just more intentional. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, Steph, I think there's a slide right at the end that's got a couple of questions on it. Uh, and I'm just going to zip right, right to that. Um, let's see. It's, it's the one. It's, it's past the acronym. And um, yeah, we're out of time. <laughs> I'm going to have to do the faithful, available, teachable thing with you guys another time. Um, but this is what I want to leave you guys with. These two questions. Uh, will you be a disciple of Jesus who goes and makes disciples? And, and if you already are on that road, then uh, what I'd encourage you to do with the person that you're with is mutually share your stories. What difference does following Jesus make in your life? What difference does following Jesus make in the life of the person that you're discipling. See, Jesus never gave the disciples a workbook to fill out answers or a book to read chapter by chapter. Those are good. Those, those are good for information. Those are good. But discipleship is always about sharing life. It's always about sharing life with someone else. But it's scary because they see your life and you, and, and you become accountable, and it's scary. There's a focus to discipleship because it's about believing in Jesus Christ and becoming like Jesus Christ. And yet at the same time, there's a wideness to discipleship because it might include having breakfast or going to get boba or working on cars together or walking through a farmer's market together, or going to a museum, or watching a musical, or taking in some movies and then talking about where did you see God in that film. There's a real wideness because your story is different and unique. And so I do hope that you will share your story. Let God bless somebody else through the story that is uniquely yours. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much that you are the one who calls us. We don't do this alone. We don't do discipleship by ourselves. It's by your spirit, God, that we do these things. So God, I pray that as a church, you would continue to walk with us as we walk with each other and invest in each other. God, when we get stuck, I pray that you would bring us companions that can walk alongside with us and help us navigate. And God, I pray that when we're in those discipleship conversations, that you would give us insight and courage to invest ourselves, to stretch beyond our comfort zone. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to be faithful to what's before us. God, we pray that you're glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.